All right, let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day in which you've given us. God, we thank you that we can come into your house and we can glorify you with our words, with our actions, Lord. Lord, now let it be with our learning of, of what it is that you've told us and applying it to our lives as we uh, can display how much we do love you. Uh, Father, we, we thank you. God, we love you. We praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. So today, what we're going to do is, is we're, we're going into week two of um, the Advent season. And it's talking about, this is, is focusing on the waiting, but what do we do during the waiting um, is the, 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 big, the, the big push. So um, as I lit a candle last week, and um, uh, the, the candle last week, I'll, I'll light that one again, so we're not going to catch on fire or anything, but um, the candle this week uh, is the Bethlehem candle. Uh, it's the, the second candle on, on the Advent wreath, and it's a symbol of the preparation being made to receive and cradle the, the Christ child. Now, if uh, you remember last week um, how we talked about the preparation, and I, I, I got to concentrate here for a second, make sure I don't burn anything down. Um, we talked a lot about preparation, and, and the preparation in which we, we talked about was, was the, the, the preparation of, of Jesus coming. We, we, we celebrate the first coming in the first advent. We're looking forward to the second advent, and we're preparing for that. Uh, for um, Just to, to brush up a little bit, remember what advent just means the coming. So we, we talked about the first coming. We're looking forward to the second coming. Jesus says that he's going to come again. Uh, and, and, and when he comes again, he's going to take us, his, 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 uh, his bride, the church, with him. Those who put, have put their trust in him, he's going to take, them, take us with him uh, to be with him forever. And, and we talked about preparing for that advent. Um, I, I want to share just a, a, a little story with you, a little illustration about preparing. And um, because I, I think that as we prepare for the Advent, we're going to take another step this week and we're going to prepare to receive. So if you're taking notes, you can write this at the top. It's prepare to receive. But this story, it talks about two different farmers here. Uh, two different farmers, they desperately needed rain. And, and, and of the, these two farmers, that, that, that they desperately needed rain. They both... Um, were asking God, and they were, they were praying to God for rain. But there was no rain that came. But they still persistently asked for rain, prayed to God for rain. But there was a difference between the two farmers. As one of the farmers was praying and, and asking God and just pleading to God, God, give us rain, we need rain, that's all he did, was just prayed. Now, I mean... Dan will throw daggers at me if I, say, if I minimize prayer. I'm not minimizing prayer. But what, what he, all he did was just prayed. Now, the second farmer, along with praying, what he, what he did is he went out and he prepared the fields. Because he knew, and, and I'll use the word, he expected God to answer that prayer. So what, what happens, the rain comes, one field's prepared, one field's not prepared. What happens with us and what we learn from that is when we pray, we need to pray with expecting God to, to work. The Bible says if we pray according to his will, it will be given to us. That, that, that what we need to understand is when we pray, it's not a, man, I hope the Browns make the playoff. Well, I hope the Browns win a game this year. I, I have, oh my goodness gracious, I have secretly not intentionally become a Steelers fan. I don't understand how this all happened, but 
Uh, I'm just saying, I, I, actually, I actually got my first ever uh, Steelers memorabilia, uh, pen, uh, what do we call it, apparel uh, today. So, woohoo! I, I guess I'm official, but not, sorry. Um, it's not that prayer that, man, I hope that this, something may or may not happen. No, when we pray, and just like the, 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 the second farmer, he prayed expecting God to do what it is that God can do. And, and I think that as we go into our, uh, the, the, the season of, of Advent, we're not only just praying and preparing for God's second coming, we need to prepare to receive what it is that God wants to give us now as well. I'm convinced, you all have heard me say this before, that God wants to bless us. This is not a prosperity gospel. If you just have enough faith and you'll have that Lexus sitting in your driveway, not saying that at all. Uh, that would be awesome, but no. no I, I, and I'm not even saying if you have enough faith that, that, that God will cure you from your disease because you, the reason you're sick is because you lack faith. I, I'm not saying that either. Well, what, what I'm saying is God wants to bless his children. And he has given us the, 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 the clear instruction how to live an obedient life. Now, we choose to be disobedient. And some of you are sitting here like, I'm not choosing to be disobedient. I'm not arguing with you. Just, just kind of look back in the last 24 hours. What did you do for God? How were you obedient to God? Every single one of us are like, yep, snap. Should have done that, right? I got, okay. All I'm saying is it's in our, in our nature to want to satisfy ourselves and not uh, satisfy God. Not, not that God needs our satisfaction. He doesn't, he doesn't look down like, man, I'm just empty and I need some people for me. No, but what we, what, what he, he, he deserves our praise. Our, 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 all of our worship is to him. So what we have to understand is when, when, we, when we enter into the season as we're celebrating this, we're preparing. Yes, we're preparing for a second coming. How do we prepare for his second coming? Well, we, we prepare by receiving him into our lives. And, and, and as, as a young child, they say, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? That, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. It, it, it's, it's a way in which children can understand how Jesus is in our life and how Jesus can be in our life. But what we need to do is we need, we're, not, we're not sitting downstairs with the little kids right now. It's more than just praying a prayer and saying, Jesus, come into my, into my heart. It's, no, Jesus, take control of my life. I'm submitting my life to you. You are not only my Savior, you're my, my Lord. And then there's some preparation that has to take place in, in there. So we prepare for the second coming, but we prepare to receive the Christ child. And that's what the Bethlehem candle is all about is that preparation to prepare, uh, or preparation to receive the Christ child. Now, um, I, I thought that, that uh, it, it, when we're looking at this, that um, y'all like stories, right? If you say no, you're, you're a goober, because everybody likes a story. If you don't like a story, don't ever watch TV again, right? <laughs> the, I, heard, I heard this week, the average person watches five hours and four minutes of television today. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't, I don't think I've watched that much in a well football on Saturday, but football that's over right now. I mean, so, but uh, football on Saturday, college football. But anywho, on five hours and four minutes. I, all I'm saying is that tells a lot that y'all like. We all like stories. We're, we're that's how we're wired. We remember things through stories. 
Not many, maybe some of you will get just stand up and start throwing out facts and figures and, and random numbers and whatever, um, and, and then you'll be like, well, why didn't you understand me? Well, we understand because we, we process things with, through stories, and that's what God has done for us. He's given us stories. A story that I wanted to share with you is in Luke chapter 2. Turn there with me. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, we have a uh, contemporary of Marlon. Um, it, it's, no, it's not terrible. Marlon loves it. Him and Wayne, man, they were kicking it on the corner in Jericho in Jerusalem, right? Their, their, their big date is they, they hop from Bethlehem to, to, to Jerusalem and down to Jericho and look at the walls that crumbled and everything. What a celebration, see? <laughs> no, what I want to, I want to talk today about um, uh, the, 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 the encounter and the account of Jesus when he was a baby, that he was taken to the, 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 the temple as a baby and uh, sacrifices were, were offered um, for him. And, well, his mother as well for purification. We'll, we'll see in a second. Look at uh, chapter 2, verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, okay, real quick, understand, Jesus has been born. Jesus is still a baby. He's still, he might be eight pounds, eight ounces now. I don't know. It's been about a month or so, a little bit, a little bit longer. Um, so they're, they're, they're traveling from Bethlehem. They're traveling to Jerusalem. So we should kind of get this in mind. This is not to be um, mistaken when Jesus goes to the temple when he's uh, a, a young adult or I should say a, you know, a teenager, almost 12 years old. Um, this is even before th- that. It says, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, as we read that, what we need to understand is who, who they are in this, in this story or in this, this text. They are Mary Joseph. All right, Mary and Joseph are bringing uh, little baby Jesus up to, and he did not have golden fleece diapers on. That's just a joke. Um, but he bringing little baby Jesus up to the temple. And when he, they bring him up to the temple, what we understand is that we can see a couple of things here. One is Mary and Joseph were, uh, they, they followed the law. They were good Jewish people. They, they, they were good, good religious people. They, they followed the law of Moses. Um, not only did they follow the law of Moses, not only were they good religious people, what we also understand about, about Mary and Joseph, and this might be, you all probably already know this, but um, they were also not well-to-do, not well-off. They didn't have a lot of money. They weren't wealthy. Uh, I don't want to say that they were poor, because we don't know if they were like dirt poor, but, but they didn't have a lot of money. And how do we know that? It's because they gave the poor man's offering a, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. They didn't have a, a big fatted calf to give or to buy to, 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 uh, to sacrifice. So they got the, the least of the sacrifices, which, which they could afford, which um, totally suffices for the law of Moses. So, so it's not like they only halfway sacrificed. No, totally, fully um, uh, 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 satisfies the, 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 the law of Moses. And, and it says there that, that, that um, 
As they were doing this, as they, they made this journey up to Jerusalem, as they come into uh, the, the, the temple, they, they meet a, uh, what we would probably consider a crazy old man, right? Hence the, the, the contemporary of Marlon Wayne. I'm just saying, but hey, it paints a picture, right? If I were if I were gonna say something like 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 John the, the the Baptist, I mean I'm sure that you have some crazies in your family. You're like, hmm, John the Baptist, that, that, that guy always got bugs in his teeth, you know, has crazy hair, weird wears some weird stuff, right? No, I'm just saying. So it paints this picture in your mind. Okay, this crazy old man is in the temple. It says here. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So, pause a second. This man says he was in Jerusalem. Did, did he live in Jerusalem? I don't know. But at that time, he was in Jerusalem. Uh, it, it says, though, that not only was he in Jerusalem, but it says he was righteous and he was devout. That's going to come into play in a second here, but, it, but um, what we need to understand is, we say, yeah, a crazy old man. The reason I'm saying a crazy old man is because of the actions in which he, he, he does. Uh, because if, if we um, were, were to, uh, to uh, do exactly what he did here, we would think, um, dude's nuts. We'll talk in a minute. And it was revealed to him by the power of the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms after watching Lion King (laughs) and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for, of, for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So stop there for a second. And let's look at this. Uh, what I want to do is I do want to look at this, this, this old man um, and see what, what he did. Because what we have to understand about uh, Simeon here, which, uh, in a side note, a really cool thing is what his name means. His, his name means to hear or hearing. And why is that important? Well, if you, if you look at the text, it says he heard from God. It says that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him that he wasn't going to see death until um, he's seen the Lord's Christ. But what we need to understand about, about this, this man, Simeon, is Simeon went into the temple. Was he, like I said, was he a, a resident of Jerusalem? Don't know. Maybe he could have been from somewhere else and he traveled there. I don't know. But what we know is he went into the temple. And the reason he went into the temple is because God told him to. And he, when he went into the temple, he, he, he saw Mary and Joseph as they entered, and he went over and he took the baby, the little baby, 
He took him up in his arms. And, and, and that's the picture I see is the, the, the Lion King. Uh, when the, what's the baby? Is it, Simba? is it Simba? When Simba is being held above all the rest and, and, and they're, they're speaking about him or whatever. I think they prophesy, which is not really a prophesy. They talk some mumbo jumbo. Here, Simeon is prophesying. He's actually praising God for this baby. Now, we say that we, we look at this and we're like, if that happened, just, j- just think about it. If you didn't know Marlon, say you were, you were uh, not a, a normal person that, that comes to the, the church and you did not know Marlon and you were visiting and you just had a, a, a baby not too long ago, you walked in the door and Marlon goes over and picks up your baby and lifts him up and starts saying some crazy things, what would you think? It's Marlon! <laughs> They don't know you, Marlon, no. Yeah, we would think, yep, that's just Marlon. But they would be like, wow, what, what in the world? That's kind of, that's kind of odd. Well, it says here that, 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 Mary and Joseph, that Mary and Joseph, they marveled at what had happened. Now, as I was thinking about this, I, I don't think that they marveled. And there's a lot of different opinions on this. I'm sure you have your own. That's fine. But I don't think they marveled because of what, um, what, what, what had happened because they already knew that Jesus was special. They, I mean, how, how can I say that? Well, the angel appeared to Mary and said, okay, this is what's going to happen. The angel also appeared to Joseph and said, this is what had happened. They already knew that God was involved in all of this. I believe the, the reason they marveled was really in the words in which, uh, in which uh, Simeon said here, when he talks about that this little baby is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for Israel. It's that light for revelation to the Gentiles. I believe that that's why, why Joseph and Mary marveled because I think it, at that point it's like it clicked. This isn't just for the people of Israel this salvation is for all people. And when we say it, that's where we should be like, yeah, because you all, we all are in the all peoples. So, so when, when Mary and Joseph, they, they hear this, it's kind of, I believe it's like a, 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 a gears like clicked like, Oh, wait a second. All that, that prophesying in Isaiah about um, the, the, the suffering servant and, and, and the good shepherd and, and all of this, this makes more sense. Now, this isn't, Jesus is not just, because Jesus, his name means Savior. Yeshua, same as Joshua. Yeshua means Savior. He's not just saving the small little remnant of God's people known as Israel. He's come to save the entire world. John 3.16 is that verse that everybody likes. You know, they forgot to love the world. They gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but ever have everlasting life. The world, the cosmos, this thing that has order amongst chaos. You and I, we're the order amongst chaos. Seems Well, you don't know my life, right? I got it. But there, there's, there's purpose in the, the understanding that, 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 that we fall into this, this all peoples. Because if we didn't fall into the all peoples, we wouldn't be here. 
So Mary and Joseph are, 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 are getting it. Now, as we know, and we read throughout the Gospels about um, the interaction with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Jesus and everything, they didn't get it. They, they, they didn't understand the all people's part. But I believe here that, that, that Mary and Joseph, uh, they, they believed that. And, and the reason they believed it is because uh, it, was, it was said, it was told. And that was the whole purpose why Simeon came on scene. We do not know anything about Simeon outside of this text. This is the only place that this man appears. There are other Simeons in, in, in Scripture, but not, not this Simeon. So all we know is what is given to us here in this, this short scripture about this, this man. I, I listed just a couple things where if you want to kind of help build this picture and form this picture a little bit more, he was a, obviously he was in Jerusalem. It says that he was righteous and devout. He was, I put, hopefully patient. Patient is a key there. The Spirit of God was on him. Uh, don't, don't take that lightly because uh, we, we look now, we're, we're post-Pentecost. Uh, we're in the age where when, when, when uh, we receive Christ in our life, the Spirit of God is given to us. This was before Jesus died on the cross. So the, the Spirit of God ha- ha- had situational um, uh, uh, presence in, in, in believers' lives. Here it says the Spirit of God was on him. It says he was a chosen instrument. God specifically told him that he was not going to see death until, uh, until he saw Jesus, which is something that, that I thought was in, interesting. Um, if, if you, if, if you kind of look a little bit deeper into that, if, 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 if Jesus or if the Spirit told uh, Simeon, okay, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ, until you see the Messiah, um, he was pretty near, right? he was invincible, right? I mean, like he could Groundhog Day it all day long, right? Everybody remember Groundhog Day? Yeah. I remember the, the, the scene where they're driving on the train tracks, going head on into the, the train, and then whoop, he wakes up the next morning. But just think about that. If, if, if the Spirit of God said, you know what? You're not going to die until you see the Messiah. You're, you can do anything. Could, could you imagine if God came and spoke to you and said, you are not going to die until this happens? How would your life be different? What would you do? Don't say, I go bungee jumping. Or, no, but how, how would you step out in your faith knowing that, that God says, I'm not going to take you until this happens? I think there's two, there's two different camps there. Some would be like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure I don't do that because I don't want to die. Well, then we should assess, okay, am I ready? Am I prepared to meet Jesus? Because in the camp that that, that I I believe, I I mean, I'm not not boastful, but I I believe that this is where I would be. If if God said, if until this happens, I'm not taking you home, I'm going to go and just like push the limits. I'm going to do, what? Oh, okay. Don't mock the preacher. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to give you church discipline later. Um, that didn't sound good. <laughs> I'm sorry. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, that's my wife I'm talking to. Um, no, so, so I lost my dang train of thought now. So, 
I'm going to step out. Thank you. I love it Laura's up here. She always reminds me of that. So if, if, if God says, okay, you're not going to die until this happens, I want to go. I think that this is what we should, what we should live. And we, we should go out and do, push it to the limits. Not like on the limits of sin. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying uh, don't be afraid to, to take a step out in faith. Now, saying all that, you, some of you be like, yeah, that'd be me too. Okay, uh, Jesus already said the worst thing that could happen is you could die and go to be with him, right? What's holding us back now? What's holding us back now? I, I know there's a big crescendo there, and you're like, yeah! And you're like, well, wait a second, you tricked me. But think about it, though. If, if, we, if we were Simeon here, and we were in, essentially invincible, man, going up and picking up a baby and, and saying what God told you to say is not a big deal to him. He's being obedient here. That's another thing we see is he, he is obedient. He's also bold. He's also thankful. He's also content with death. I think that that's an important part that, that, that a lot of people, especially in the church, well, outside the church a lot too, but inside the church, some people are like, man, I don't know if I'm ready or if I'm not ready. I, they're not content with death. I'm not saying that we go seek out death. But like Simeon, he, he knew he was faithful to God and God was going to be faithful to him. He was content. He even says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He was looking forward to that. Move on. It says that he trusted God's word. He trusted what God had told him. He was aware of God's plan and God's purpose. That's the big key, I think, that we see. And the determining factor is in verse 26 where he knew what God's plan and God's purpose was. And then after that, he was just truthful. He, told, he wasn't afraid to tell Mary, Here, you're going to have some pain and suffering yourself because of what they're going to do to this little baby boy. Because he's going to grow up to be a man, and they're going to mock him. What we understand is the, 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 the life of a prophet in, in the Old Testament, if you read it, is not a good life. What we understand about what happened to Jesus, he was murdered. And Mary watched it. Her soul was pierced, pierced because of what happened. And this is what, what, what Simeon is, is, is prophesying about now. So as, as we look at this, and there, I, I know there's a lot of stuff that I just said, and it's kind of overwhelming at a point, but, but remember where we started. Remember that, that it's all about preparing to receive preparing to receive. Simeon was prepared to receive. And the reason that he was prepared to receive was he expected God to do exactly what God said he was going to do. Don't raise hands, but just think about answering this question honestly. Do you expect God to do exactly what he says he's going to do? Because in that expectation is where you're going to live. It's going to depend upon if you're just praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, or if you're praying and preparing the fields. Because if you just pray and, and well, I don't know if God really hears me or whatever else you, you attach to the end of, of that, if you're praying that way, well, of course God's not going to answer that prayer. You're defeating that prayer. All that prayer is doing is hitting the ceiling and bouncing off. But if we are praying, expecting God to fulfill his promises, that's going to change not only your prayer life, it's going to change your walk as well. 
And we say, yeah, you know what? I want to have that confidence in God. I want to be a, a, a witness for him. I, I want to be, okay, that's, that's, those are all good things, but it comes, it comes back to not just, and you've heard me say this before, it's not just believing in God, it's but believing God. There's a lot of people who believe in God, but do you believe God? Simeon believed God. He took God at his word. I think that um, if we're going to learn anything from this life, and there's many things that we can learn from the life of Simeon in this encounter, in this short time period. So think about this. And this is kind of a side note. But think about like how long this took to take place. So Mary and Joseph were, were, were walking in. He walks over. He picks up the baby. He says, uh, he says what he says about the baby. Then he turns and looks at Mary and Joseph and says what he says to them. And then we don't hear anything else from him. It actually goes, if you read, it goes on to another, a prophetess named Anna. So this encounter maybe, maybe took five minutes. Maybe took five minutes. But in this, we can, I believe we can, see, we can see at least three things that we can learn, but there's probably many others. So what can we learn about preparing for Christ, preparing to receive Christ in this time, this Advent season? And the first one is uh, from Simeon. We can see what his posture was. His posture. Uh, look at, at verse 25. In verse 25, we see three main things about uh, his, his posture. And when I'm saying his, his, his posture, I'm saying the way in which he, uh, um, uh, his stance or his, his attitude, in, in essence. Verse 25, it says that, that, um, that he was righteous and devout. He was righteous and devout. And, and, and um, understand that, that I love it. It's uh, Romans 1, 17. Uh, quotes Habakkuk, uh, I think it's 2, 4. that says that, 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 that the righteous shall live by faith. So the reason that, 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 that Luke here was able to say he was righteous and devout here is because he was living by faith. How was he living by faith? Because he had faith. He expected God to do exactly what God told him that he would do. So we see right up, uh, his posture was fueled by his faith. It was fueled by his faith there. The next thing it says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Um, that, that, that word consolation, he was waiting for the comfort of Israel. Remember, Israel was an oppressed people. At this time, they were oppressed by, by the Roman government. He was waiting for a relief to come for the people of Israel. Expecting God to do it. The third thing, it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. So his posture was not only that he was righteous and devout, he was waiting on the consolation, but the Holy Spirit was upon him. Like, like I said previously, that th these are special um, indwellings of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament uh, prophets and the Old Testament saints. So the reason that God was indwelling him was for a specific purpose. His posture was just reflecting of everything that was going on because of his faith because of the Spirit being upon him, but because he was waiting for God's people to be delivered. If you look and you kind of think about that and kind of let it digest just a little bit, he wasn't self-centered. He wasn't just focusing on himself. 
I love it. That's Miss Stephanie's phone. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. You know what? So if, if Simeon was, were there, that's what his phone would be going off saying, hello, hello, hello. And the Holy Spirit said, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is what's going to happen, right? It was that clear and it was that apparent. And he had faith in that. The, 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 the second thing, um, along with his posture, I believe his position. Uh, yes, I'm going with an alliteration here. So there, there, there's two Ps. There's going to be a three, third P in a second. But his position. Now, his position was he was in the temple. He was in the temple. Well, what's so important about that? He was exactly where God wanted him to be. Well, how do you know that? Well, look at what it says. Verse 27, and he came in the spirit into the temple. This is not some uh, um, uh, out-of-body experience where he was like lying in bed and just in his mind he was in it. No, the Spirit guided him. He was obedient to the Spirit of God to go exactly where God said, okay, this is where I want you to go because this is what I want you to do. How many times has that been you? Where you know God wants you to go somewhere or do something but you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Here, Simeon, he, he was obedient to the Spirit, and not only was his posture right, his position, he went into the temple. Would God have made this happen if he wasn't obedient? I'm sure God would have done something else. But the fact of the matter is, God used his servant, this saintly old man, to say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get in position. Some of that, some of us, that's us here. Now, it's, well, I don't, I don't understand. Well, where, where, where do you live? Where do you work? Where do you hang out? Where do you, where's your environment? Where are your circles? Ask God honestly, okay, God, is this where you want me? Is this the position you want me to be in for when that baby walks through the door and so I can do exactly what you have told me to do? When that opportunity arises, am I in the right position to seize the opportunity? Here, Simeon was in the right place at the right time. How was he in the right place at the right time? Because God told him to do so. Some of us are like, yeah, God would just tell me. The problem is God has told has, has t- I was going to say told in you, has told you exactly where you need to be. But sometimes those places where God has said you need to do or be here, you're like, that's kind of sketchy. That's kind of uncomfortable. I'm sure that Simeon was not you know, thinking that it was going to be the most enjoyable thing, pleasant thing to go up there and akuna matata this kid, right? They, he knew about Okuna Matata. He knew about Lion King. He was a prophet. He looked in the future. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. No, but, but, but what I'm saying is, like, how many times are, are we like, not doing what we're supposed to be doing because we're not in the right spot? Or, or let's not even, let's, let, let's take the opposite end of the spectrum. You are where you know you're not supposed to be. That, 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 that may be easier for us. You know, it's like, I, I don't know where I'm, where God really wants me, but I know that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not at this, I'm not doing the right, okay, 
rectify that. Just start there. Let's not try to, to pinpoint, okay, where exactly does God want me? Let, let, let's start with where God does not want you. He doesn't want you in the muck and the mire. He wants you out of, of, of that. Why? Because he wants to use you. He wants to use me. Let's go on. The third and final, maybe. Um, lesson we can, thing we can learn from, from preparing for receiving Christ is just the, the prayer. The, the, the prayer of Simeon. The prayer of Simeon, that, that's what that little uh, 29 through uh, 32 is there. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Uh, understand that, 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 that Simeon is looking at this little baby Jesus. What he's saying is in this little baby Jesus, there's salvation. You cannot look at Jesus and not see the salvation of the world. Simeon knew that. Simeon knew that this little baby was the Messiah. He then said that, that, you, that you had prepared, God, that you had prepared in the presence of all peoples. You're doing this in front of everybody. This isn't something that was done in secret. It was done in front of everyone for a light or a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for the glory of the people of Israel. We've seen that. It was a light. Jesus is a light for the Gentiles. Thank you. Thank you for that. We, we have hope now. A glory for Israel. Why, why is he a glory for Israel? It's because it was through the, the people of God that the Messiah was given. His prayer was, was, was prayed in the way in which he lived his life, in the expectation of God's fulfillment. He was able to pray that prayer because he expected, and he's, he's seeing what he has, had expected for so long. What we need to understand is there was a long period of silence, roughly 400 years that God hasn't spoken. And now God is speaking once again to his people. So when God spoke to him, and he enters into this, I'm expecting the, the, the fulfillment. And what we see the fulfillment, how the fulfillment comes, is the fulfillment comes in the gospel. Wait a second, I thought this, the fulfillment was in the Savior. Right. But the gospel is a good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. That good news was wrapped up in swaddling clothes. It was right there before him. Jesus is the gospel. And he's seen that. And he was able to say, you know what? I'm ready to go in peace. I'm ready to go now in peace. And the lessons that we learned of posture, position, and prayer were all possible because of another P, purpose. And that's what we saw in verse 26. Verse 26, and it, would, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. God has purpose in everything he does. The question is, are we being obedient and are we responding to the purpose in which God has set forth in our life? So as, we, as we're celebrating this Advent season and as we, as we, as we started last week with um, uh, the prophecy candle and preparing for the second coming and this week with the Bethlehem candle and uh, preparing to receive, next week's the shepherd's candle. We're going to talk about those who, who went before us preaching the good news. 
as we do that, take this time not to, to add more weight upon you, but to, to ask yourself, am, am, I, am I in the right posture? Am I in the right position? Are my prayers right because of the purpose in which God has for my life? With that, let's, let's end.